Great to see everybody. Welcome to our fall launch for 2016. We've already had a good morning. If you were here for the first service uh, or for Bible classes, it's already been a good start to a great morning. And we're just so blessed the way that God is here among us and doing wonderful things. And I'm going to start off the fall here by just telling you some wonderful things that God is doing. Like, for example, Heinz Gallick, who is a member, uh, a fellow who's been coming a while now, uh, he and Marilyn used to come years ago. They came back here recently, and Heinz was in the hospital just in the last week having uh, colon cancer surgery. He received a surgery, and they said that they got it all and that he's going to be fine. So I'd just like to... Yeah, that's wonderful. So I'd like to start by just thanking the Lord for working in Heinz's life. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the way in which you've blessed Heinz uh, with this... A surgery that has, as far as everyone knows right now, freedom of cancer. The doctor said they got it all. They're very confident about that. And we just want to praise you that you have been with him through that and with Marilyn. And pray, God, that you continue to bless his health and nurture him back to full health in you. And that pray that things would just go well for him from here on out. We praise you uh, for being in our lives. It's through Christ that we pray. Amen. A couple other things that I'll mention to you right off the top here that have to do with... Uh, kind of start to the fall things. One is we have a new directory for the fall. They're available in the Connection Center. And so if you're one of those people who said, you know, I always mean to get a, a new church directory. There are some in the Connection Center. Please go there and get one. Also, you'll find in the racks uh, just outside the door a newsletter that Hope has prepared that describes all kinds of things going on with ministry in our church. It's actually kind of lengthy. You can get it in a PDF copy, a computer uh, copy, by emailing Hope and just saying, can you please send me a PDF copy, and she'll do that uh, for you this week. So you can pick up a hard copy or get the PDF, maybe save some paper. Um, Sign up for services for serving in our church, I should say, on that bulletin board back there. Look over there, everybody. See that bulletin board? We've never really had that... uh, Like, we've never had it prepared and ready for people to sign up for ministries before, but we do now. And so you could go over there after the service this morning, maybe before the lunch, and look and say, what could I do? And there'll be all kinds of opportunities for you to sign up for things on that back bulletin board. Please do so. Next Sunday morning, there's going to be a special potluck celebrating with Elsie Harrington, her 80th birthday. And so I hope that you come and join us in that. We will all celebrate together. If you come to the potluck, you can, by the way, by if you wanted to call Hope and ask the directions, or maybe they're in the bulletin, for how you can sign up online and RSVP if you're coming to the potluck. But even if you don't, please bring some food, uh, your favorite dish, and we'll celebrate together Elsie Harrington's 80th birthday. Also, please plan to stay for lunch today. I hope that you are. We've got a chilly kind of cook-off thing going on downstairs. We've got moose chili, we've got elk chili, we've got beef chili, we've got rutabaga chili. No, we don't have rutabaga chili. But we, we have those other chilies, okay? And so please come and enjoy some food after our, our service this morning. And then, and then finally, I wanted to ask uh, for your prayers. One of the uh, kind of exciting things that's going on in Robbins and my family right now is that our son Adam and his wife Stephanie, who have, as you might remember, a five-year-old son Easton, who is our pride and joy, they have decided to adopt uh, a child who is in need. And so there is a a four-year-old boy whose name is Blake, who was abandoned by his mother some time ago. In fact, uh, the fact is that there are some drug issues with his mother and 
So Blake was brought into the world in those kind of circumstances. He's been in foster homes through the first four years of his life, and Adam and Stephanie have decided to to adopt Blake. And so if everything goes well, uh, we had a chance to Skype with him yesterday along with the rest of their family, and they're going to be, uh, I think it's next week he'll come and live with them. He won't be adopted yet, but he'll be permanently with them starting next week up through about January or so where it looks like at that point they'll be able to adopt him. And so it's kind of cool for us because it's kind of like, like mommy and daddy, like son, in, in terms of the whole adoption thing. So we're, we're excited about that, and I just ask your prayers on Blake and on uh, Adam and Stephanie as they ad- adopt Blake into their family. That would be wonderful if you'd pray for that. So thank you very much. Notice that we have a new banner. We have a new theme. And the theme is, even though the word itself is not up there, at least in, at first glance it's not, it is in fact up there. Because the word discipleship simply means to be a follower. The banner says, come follow me, which is one from one synoptic gospel. And then they left everything and followed him, which is from another gospel. Those two lines together talk about Jesus calling us into new life in him. And so that's our theme for the fall. We're excited about that. I don't think it's much of a stretch for you to get up, get uh, an idea about the image of the fishing. Um, this, this older fellow who's standing behind the girl there is actually quite a famous fly fishing teacher. And his vocation, his love, is to teach young people fly fishing. He's been doing this for years and years and years. You'll notice, if you look closely, she doesn't actually have a reel on that fly rod which is interesting. His Part of his technique in teaching children how to fly fish is to not put a reel on their rods in the very beginning, which is kind of interesting. So he's an authority in terms of bringing people along in terms of fly fishing, and that certainly fits with the image of come and follow me. Of course, Jesus even says, come follow me, I'll make you fishers of men, and that's where the image is also kind of coming out to us. And so that's our theme for the fall. I hope that you take that seriously, and I hope that we learn and grow together in terms of our discipleship in Jesus. You know, here's what happened. God came into the world through Jesus Christ and with him brought something absolutely new, something different when he comes to visit us. And so there are at least three things that happen when Jesus comes into the world that both educate and bring along humankind. Like, for example, Jesus represents God's will for humankind. And so here Jesus comes, and as a foundation for our lives of discipleship, he brings with him God's will for us. He makes it very clear, actually, both in his life and in his teachings, what it is that God wants us to do, because this first appears in the person of Jesus. And so, for example, for example in John chapter 4, beginning in verse 34, Jesus says this. He says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. But just listen to that. Jesus says, my, my role, my task, and my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And then in John chapter 5, verse 19, he says, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the father doing because whatever the father does, the son does. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he does. And so the Father gives his will to the Son, shows him his will, and then the Son brings the will of the Father, the deeds of the Father, the desires of the Father, into the world with him 
and he allows us to follow him. And the fact is then, when we follow Jesus, we end up doing God's will. And so being a disciple or a follower, and again, that's all the word disciple means, to be a follower of Jesus is to do the will of God. And so there's a question that we need to ask today, and that is, are you following him? Are you following Christ? Are you following him as a teacher? Are you following his example and the way in which he lives, the way he communicates the will of God to humankind? Are you following him? This fall, we want to say to people, follow Jesus. Well, the second thing that becomes kind of a foundation for us being disciples is this notion that Jesus brings the kingdom of God and into this transforming kingdom, we follow him. And Jesus does a lot of things in the Gospels that indicate this notion of following Christ and bringing the kingdom with him when he does. For example, in Matthew chapter 12, and you'll, you'll remember this story. They, they bring before Jesus a demon-possessed man, and Jesus heals him. But the Pharisees are not overly impressed. In fact, it says, when the Pharisees heard this, they said, it's only by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, that this fellow drives out demons. So what they're saying is, Jesus drives out demons, but it's only by another demon that he drives out demons. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. If Satan drives out Satan, he is divided against himself, how then can his kingdom stand? And if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your people drive them out? And then he says this, so then, they will be your judges. But if I drive out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. If I drive out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. And that's what Jesus is doing, is bringing into this world the kingdom of God and its influence. Therefore, if we follow Jesus, where will we, where will we be living? We'll be living in the kingdom of God. We'll be exemplifying the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God will become part of our lives. And so to follow Jesus means following in the footsteps of the king into his kingdom. And we begin to do things like the kingdom of God when we're following Jesus. Let me give you an example. Many of you know that for weeks, months now, we have been feeding homeless people on Sunday morning or on Wednesday at noon, okay? There are some folks that have been homeless for a while. We've been blessing them and feeding them on Wednesdays. We think that that's kingdom work. Now, let me tell you what has happened just in the last week. In the last week, it's my understanding that every one of the people who've kind of been core homeless folks among us, okay, of which there have been four, like there's been John, Chris, James, and Mike. And, and in fact, all four of those guys have been in our church assembly on a Sunday morning, and one of them is here right now. Okay? And all four of those guys in the last little while have found a place to live. They're staying with somebody, renting from somebody, whatever. They're not on the streets. And here's what I would say. I would say that in every case, there has been some kind of positive influence of our church family and the kingdom of God in the lives 
of those four. In fact, to the point where they are no longer right now on the streets. Well, that's kingdom of God. That's simply people saying, we're going to follow Jesus in the work of the kingdom that God wants us to do. God brings the kingdom with Jesus, and we end up following Jesus and doing his will. And that's a very positive thing. So we need to keep praying about that, that God will work amongst us in the way that he has been doing, and that we follow in the footsteps of Jesus into this kingdom. And then finally, Jesus did this. He commanded us to follow him. And so there's a sense in which not really anybody here, if they want to be a Christian, if they want to follow Jesus, nobody here can say, well, I'm not interested in following him. He specifically commands us to follow him. He wants us to follow him. And so in Matthew chapter 9, beginning in verse 9, it says, as Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him, and Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Now the fact is that around us everywhere... In fact, very close to us all right at the moment, we have people who wander through our world not really knowing where they're going or what they're doing. And in fact, John is like that. Unfortunately, John's kind of like that in real life. (laughs) John wanders through here this morning as maybe you could say a sheep who needs a shepherd. He needs a guide. He needs someone to teach him, someone to show him which way to go. Maybe he is like the young fly fisherman who needs some advice. And so John may come back again during the sermon series. He may wander through again. Maybe we'll have a chance to bring him along a little bit and take him in the direction that he needs to go because God wants us to minister to people. Matthew heard the call of Jesus and just got up and followed And then for the next years of his life, Jesus taught Matthew the direction that he's supposed to go. We'll have a chance to teach John, and hopefully we'll have a chance to teach lots of folks what it means to follow Jesus in the next coming months. Now right now, because God has blessed us so richly and we have opportunity to do wonderful things in our church, we've got three individuals who are going to come real quick and tell us about some special ministries that are taking place this fall that will take us down the path of discipleship in him. And the first one is Carrie Nickel. Carrie? And Brucey, you want to turn that microphone on for her so she can use the podium? Thank you very much. Hi, I'm so excited that the start of the Memory Verse Challenge is today because this is something that has been on my heart to do for a very long time. And by 9 o'clock last night, I had my introduction all done. I was going to tell you exactly all the details of the program. And then I talked to my husband and realized I had to throw it all out because I don't need to talk to you today about all the details. Um, If you ordered one of the devotion books, they are in. Please come see me and I'll give them to you. And they come with an introduction letter that has all the details. If you're not getting a devotion book, that's fine. There's extra copies of this out in the Connection Center by where the new directories are. So pick up one even if you don't get the book. But I think what you really need to hear from me today is why would you even want to be a part of this challenge? 
I think I mentioned already that memorizing scripture is something that is on my heart, and it has been for a really long time. I remember memorizing my first verse when I was 11, so I wasn't very young at a Bible camp. It is Romans 10:9, and if you ask me today, I can still tell you what it is. I was really fortunate to go to a Sunday school where I was encouraged to memorize a verse every Sunday, so I did learn a lot of verses when my brain was younger, and it was easier. I definitely agree. But even though it's harder for us to memorize verses when we get older, it's not impossible. And why does it matter anyways? I think that one of the questions that every person here needs to ask themselves is, do you really believe that the Bible is God's word? Because if you believe it is, and if you believe that we learn about God's character, about his plan for humanity, and about his plan for us individually from reading the Bible, and if you believe that we're actually supposed to be disciples of Christ and following him and being changed by him and accomplishing his purposes here on earth, then we have to take the Bible seriously. We need to know what's in it, and we need to know where to find it. And I think that scripture is meant to be used as words of life, as words of encouragement, as words of truth, and that the Holy Spirit will bring them to mind at exactly the time that we need them. I think the Holy Spirit's job is actually a lot easier when we've taken the time to memorize scripture and hide it in our hearts. The process of memorizing scripture actually does something for us. As we think about a verse, we open up our lives for God to work in us, to reveal things to us, to encourage us to keep living for him. And you know what? Even if you don't succeed at memorizing the verse word for word, the, effect, the effort of memorizing actually changes us in a good way. And it allows us to spend more time in relationship with God during our day. So between now and Showcase Sunday, Heather Lim and I are challenging everyone here, whether you're young, whether you're old, whether you pretend you're young and you're old, or vice versa, that's fine. I want to encourage you guys to challenge you to learn up to 32 verses. For some people, challenging yourself means that maybe you're just going to learn one verse a month. That's fine. For some of us, we need to challenge ourselves to do all 32 verses. That's what I'm going to challenge myself. The basics of the memory verse challenge is this. You memorize the verse of the week. Um, You check in on Sunday mornings outside in the hallway with a volunteer. And you're going to place a Bible spine with your name up on the wall, showing that you said your verse. But here's the most exciting part. The bookshelf wall display out there has way more value than just showing how many verses we've said. We actually have sponsors in place that are going to buy a Bible for someone, either in Canada or around the world, for every single verse that is recited. So please participate as often as you can. Every verse that you memorize is going to make a difference, not only in your life, but for someone else. So just to say that again, for every verse that you say, someone else is going to receive and experience God's word for themselves. That's amazing. We are so excited to go on this Bible verse memory journey with you. Let's encourage each other by hiding God's word in our hearts and sharing our successes with each other. And let's put many, many Bibles into the hands of people here in Canada and around the world. Some quick notes. We do need volunteers to help with check-in. Even if you don't plan on saying the verses, you can still help with check-in. More volunteers equals less shifts for everyone. So please talk to Heather or myself. If you ordered a devotion book and haven't picked it up, 
please talk to me. If you still want one, talk to me too. They are $15, or you can talk to me if there's any issues with that. If you're not ordering a book, don't worry about it. Just pick up a letter so you know how it goes. And the very first check-in is next week, and your verse of the week is Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I'm pretty sure most of you can challenge yourselves to check in with me next week and share that verse. So I hope to see all of you at check-in, and thank you so much for your support. So do we have any procrastinators out here? People that tend to procrastinate? Yep. For those of you who haven't raised your hand, I know that you're intending to, you just haven't gotten around to it. <laughs> but one of, the, uh, one of the key things for procrastination is to just get started. Even if it's just five minutes, just make a start. So... Uh, I, I'm really excited about what Carrie was talking about. And so Genesis 1.1, say it with me. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay, now you've started. You're over the hump, one down, 31 to go. It's, uh, it's important to hide God's word in our hearts because God's word is powerful. And I'm going to talk to you in a minute about uh, other opportunities uh, to hide God's word in our hearts. Kaylin, earlier, uh, you know, three and a half years old, it's never too young to start. It's, you're also never, it's never too late to start. So um, I'm going to start by asking a question. Why are we here? That's such a big question, isn't it? Why are we here? You could go on for days talking about that. But maybe just in the big picture... I can tell you that it's not an accident. We're not here by accident. We're here because a God of love had a plan, and we are part of that plan. I'll ask it again. Why are we here? Well, more specifically, Jesus said that he uh, came to make us fishers of men. He said to follow him. And Jesus told us to go into all the world and making disciples. I'll ask it one more time. Why are we here? And this time I mean here as in Marlboro community. Why are we here as opposed to somewhere else? And I think the answer is that God wants us to reach out to people in this community and make a difference to them and hide God's word in their hearts so that it can help them to grow. Um, so how we do this is, is through our Friends Speak ministry. That's one of the ways that we do that. And the Friends Speak ministry... What's so nice about it is that it's just so easy. We start off with three or four hours of training so that you can be comfortable and uh, know how to get started. And then you just meet one-on-one -on -one with somebody here in the community. You help them to practice their English. And you do it using God's Word. And God's Word does the work in their hearts. And it's exciting to me to see how, uh, people here on Sunday mornings who were here because someone from our congregation met with them. And it's uh, exciting to me uh, to hear that just a couple of months ago, one of our readers was baptized into Christ. Uh, we talk about discipleship. Here's a way to make it personal. Here's a way to have something where it's not, it's not Kelly doing it for you, but you have a chance to, uh, to reach out and be a, a disciple maker. 
So uh, we've had lots of successes. It's easy to do. Uh, if I could, I'd like to ask anyone that has uh, participated in Friends Speak in any way, whether it's as a reader, as a worker, um, uh, coordinating, uh, somebody who's taken the training but maybe not necessarily had the opportunity to, to work with a, a reader yet, or if you've worked with the sister program, Let's Start Talking, uh, even if it wasn't here, I'd like to ask for you to, to stand up. Okay? Anybody who's been helping out in our Friends Speak program. Now add to this the, the slew of people that stood up in the first service. And uh, you can sit down now. Thanks. You can talk to any of these people and find out that it's just, it's really not that hard. It's a very natural thing building this relationship with somebody else. And uh, we've accomplished so much, but there's so much more. So as we get uh, into the fall and summer's behind us and uh, people get back into the routines, I, I invite you to come and join and uh, participate in this. Uh, it's an exciting program. God's done a lot already, and I think we've only scratched the surface of what God wants to do in our community uh, through this ministry. So um, if you're interested in this, uh, please contact me afterwards, and um, I'll let you know the next steps. Thanks. Any guesses? <laughs> no, Jill's got none. She's just laughing. Well, like, oh, Shane found me out. I'm here about life groups because I'm passionate about life groups. Let me tell you why I'm here. I'm here because of Jesus' words to the 11 apostles. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the end of the age. That's why I stand before you right now. I'm in front of you because we believe God's word. Right? We believe God's word. We believe that Jesus spoke. But we believe that the words of Jesus weren't just for the 11. We believe that Jesus' words are for us today. Right? We believe God's word. And so we remind ourselves with a banner on the wall here that we are called to reach the world for the Lord Jesus Christ because the words that Jesus spoke to the 11 are the words he speaks to us. To reach the world for the Lord Jesus Christ one person at a time. And that we do that by making disciples or sorry, biblical disciples in relational environments. We're reminded that each one of us who have said yes to Jesus in baptism are disciples on a lifelong journey of becoming disciples of Jesus who make disciples of Jesus. There is no been there, done that, got the t-shirt with Jesus. There's no I've arrived with Jesus. There's just putting one foot in front of the other and following after Jesus day by day. Is that, is that not true? I think it's true. Otherwise, why am I saying it, right? <laughs> so why life groups? Why life groups? Well, because for years we had a sign up here in white background and blue lettering that said to be like Jesus and loving and serving God and humanity. I read it a lot of times while not listening very attentively to sermons. To be like Jesus, it is stuck with me. And all that we've done in this 
mission statement is we've clarified that, you know what, to be like Jesus is to do the things that Jesus asked us to do. That, in fact, to be a follower of Jesus is to be in movement, is to be growing. It actually sharpens our focus. And so we're on a journey from spiritual childhood to spiritual parenthood. And life groups are an important part of this. It's about receiving God's love and giving it away. So why life groups? Life groups, because, because our mission is to be like Jesus. And because Jesus did ministry with people. He did ministry with people in public places and in private places. He did ministry with people down on the fishing docks and at home around the table. Why life groups? Because our mission is to make disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ one person at a time. And to become a disciple of Jesus and to make disciples of Jesus, we have to do it together. We have to do it with other people who take that calling seriously. And quite frankly, this is not an easy calling. My life group could tell you that last spring I had a spat with my neighbor. Uh, Disagreement, uh, whatever it is that happens between neighbors. And I had to be reminded that Jesus calls us to pray for our enemies. In my life, I've not had many enemies, but last spring I had an enemy. And I didn't know what to do with that. I wanted to yell at the guy. I wanted to curse at the guy. I wanted to key his car. And my group had to remind me. Yeah, you guys didn't know that about me, did you? (laughs) They had to remind me that's not the way of Jesus. And Mike, you said yes to Jesus and you died. And gave your life to Jesus. And so you pray for your enemies. That's hard work. That's hard soul and heart and hands and feet work of following after Jesus, and I can't do it alone. That's why life groups. We need life groups because we need to know each other in our living rooms, not just here in the sanctuary. We need to know God's word in our homes and our living rooms and not just here in the sanctuary. We need life groups because life happens. Before... uh, my family and I returned to join uh, Maryvale Church here. I was part of a network of house churches, and uh, because of the people I was with, I got to ask some really interesting questions, uh, not because of my genius or in touch with Jesusness, but because they were, and I was they were rubbing off on me. And uh, so I was backing out of my spot in a parking lot one day and got schmucked. My car was blue, not black, but you get the idea. And so the people that hit me uh, really didn't want to go through the insurance route. I can't imagine why. They're so cheap, that insurance stuff. Uh, and so they didn't want to go the insurance route, and they offered me a cash settlement. And, uh, you know, my car was damaged kind of like this. It wasn't, didn't really affect it. It just it looked ugly. The door worked. It drove fine. The tires weren't wearing. It was fine. And only because of the people that I was journeying with in my living room as we met week in and week out, because of their devotion to Jesus and the kinds of questions they asked and God's word, was I able to say, I don't know, guys, should I take the money that they offered? Or should I just write it off? No harm, no foul. Should I... Make it an installment plan so that I get to meet him a few times along the way and then give it back when that's all over. I don't know. I would never ask that question on my own. 
But when you journey with people who love Jesus, you ask questions that aren't dictated by Donald Trump and capitalism. You ask questions that say, I'm not of this world. That's why life groups. And so, they're critical. I think they're critical to making Jesus' call in our life in real time when real life happens. That's what life groups are really all about. So today, uh, you'll find a few people uh, who are wearing these goofy hats, and I invite you to find one of them. If you want to follow Jesus a little bit deeper, if you want to follow him a little bit more closely, if you want to explore what that looks like, have people uh, wrestle about this stuff, the the particularities of your life uh, together, find somebody with these. I invite you to say, hello, my name is Michael, if it was me. Why are you wearing such a silly thing on your head? And after they've told you, because Mike told me to, <laughs> I'd like you to ask them about a life group. We've got groups that meet all over the city, all different times, are led by uh, different kinds of people, and uh, I'm convinced that we can find one that, that works for you. As a matter of fact, if you're the kind of person who it never really works for, I invite you to bend your schedule. I, I actually invite you to break your schedule to make it important, because I think, I think you can. We have a lot of groups you can connect with. Lots of life group leaders who love Jesus deeply and would love to share that with you and journey with you this year. Um, We'd love for you to take that step forward, memorizing scripture, get plugged into Friends Speak, find a life group, uh, come talk to me. I kind of stand out in a crowd. Well, there you have it. We have some options for service. There's opportunities to sign up back here. There's lots of other things going on. And one of the things that's again happening today is that we have a lunch immediately following today, and I really hope that you stay for that. You're going to be blessed if you stay and eat some elk chili, I can promise.